2: Fan and you are on Twitter. You've probably seen Kyle Reese's work. He's at Kyler416 on Twitter. You can also find his work over at Birds on the Black. He joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kyle, we appreciate the time, man. Always enjoy seeing your work over on Twitter and what you're able to do when it comes to writing up all of the prospects in the Cardinals organization. As somebody who's seen all of these guys for years now that have come up and produced at the big league level. Are you surprised at all the way that many of us are at what they've been able to produce since coming up?
1: First off, I just want to say it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to talk with you guys. I really appreciate it. But uh, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I think I think there's some guys that are a little bit more surprising than others. Uh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't necessarily think Andre Pallante would be as ready to be uh, a contributor the way that he has. But yeah, when you think. Uh, All the games, all the at-bats that I've watched out of Brendan Donovan and Juan Yepes, especially since 2019, both of those guys started taking a positive step forward. In 2019, they started becoming a little bit more professional and a little bit more deliberate um, in in their baseball actions. And I I would say that I'm a little less surprised, a little less shocked by some of the success specifically that Yepes and Donovan are having. But uh, I think it says more about the Cardinals scouting staff and their player development Uh, about how ready these players are to make a major league impact when it's time for them to be called on. Uh,
3: Kyle, you know how Cardinals fans are. When it gets close, anywhere near the trade deadline, they're already talking about ways that they can improve the roster. And so many people, including us, have talked about finding starting pitching. But the problem is you're going to have to give up a lot to get something of value. When you look at the Cardinals' prospects, when it comes to their top prospects, maybe on the major league roster, not on the major league roster, are there untouchables in your eyes?
1: Uh, you know, absolutely. The Cardinals. I guess the last time they traded one of their top prospects, or like real top prospects. It probably would have been Brett Wallace. So I would suspect. You know, the guys who are already at the major league level who are making making an impact. I would suspect that Nolan Gorman. Uh, you know, Brendan Donovan Juan Yepes might be a little bit different, but especially how valuable Donovan is, I would suspect that he is he's you know kind of untouchable. But when you get to ton of the prospects, the guys who have not made a major league debut, like. They're not going to trade Jordan Walker. They're not going to trade Mason Wynn. Uh, I would suspect, you know, knowing what I know about the Cardinals and how they operate, I, I would suspect that Gordon Graceffo is probably untouchable. Michael McGreevy is untouchable. Um, they, they've done well to hold on to their depth. You know, it's been frustrating for Cardinal fans for years now, especially at the trade deadline, you know, dating back to, like, 2018, where there's been a lot of inactivity. Uh, they, they've been successful. They've been able to maintain their success by holding on to this depth uh, even Even though it's frustrating, and even though that means some guys don 't get the opportunity they deserve until some of their their prospect uh, levels have been diminished, so yeah I, I do I, I think that there's some guys but i that are untouchable, but I also think that they're very creative about using players in the system to get uh, incremental help uh, from other organizations.
2: So, Kyle, you mentioned Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Michael McGreevy, the guys that have already made it to the big league roster. Cardinals fans are familiar with most of those guys because they were top prospects, top uh, picks in recent years. The one you mentioned that I did want to ask you about is Gordon Grisefo because he's down in double A right now. He's doing very well. He was unbelievable in Peoria. If you just look at the numbers, he had a sub one ERA. The strikeout numbers are, are pretty impressive. He walks nobody I it seems like there are some rumblings around the Cardinals for people that are very close to the team that he might even get a call up before the end of this year. He might be the type of guy that ends up getting called up from double a you watch him far more than any of us have a do you think he would be prepared for that in B what kind of a pitcher is Gordon Graceffo for any of the Cardinals fans that are listening right now that aren't familiar with him.
1: If you were to go back a year ago, and we were talk, having the conversation about Andre Pallante, uh, what I would tell you is he's just Pallante is just not quite there yet. He still needs polish. Uh, when I use Pallante as my example, I, I do that so that I could say Gordon Grissafeo is ahead of where Pallante was last year, and substantially, he, he throws a, a fastball that can get in the high nineties. It's touched for one hundred. Um, he's poised on the mound. He's a battler. He's excited out there. You know, he, he three of his first four appearances at Springfield. He went seven innings and uh, when he's ending the seventh inning, he looks electric and he's fired up about making it through seven innings. He's special. And I do think, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more conservative with prospects. A lot of times, like I, I don't, I don't like rushing the younger prospects. I I think that uh, it hurts baseball in kind of the long run, because now you're seeing guys booing back and forth between the majors and the minors, maybe a little bit more frequently than we ever have. But uh, with, with someone like Graceffo as dominant and as dynamic as he can be with his slider and his changeup and a curveball that's coming along uh, and, and that fastball, uh, I, was, I could almost envision a situation at the beginning of the year where he started at Memphis and would have been able to handle his own. He's, he's unique and he's special. And honestly, including Matthew Libertor, I think that Gordon Graceffo and Markevian Tinkent are the two best arms in the organization. I think that from, from almost a practical application and what you could project on the top of them. I think that they're, they're like the true really special arms that no one's really talking about just yet.
2: If we get a month from now, Kyle, the Cardinals don't add an arm to the bullpen the way that many Cardinals fans would like to see. And at that point, Graceffo has had pretty close to a full seasons of work down in the minors as a starter. Do you think that there could be some benefit both for him and for the big league club to use him out of the bullpen with the Cardinals down the stretch run in September and then into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. As long as, you know, in the meantime, he doesn't show any signs of fatigue or injury or anything like that. As long as he's still throwing with velocity, repeating his mechanics and everything's checking out. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be in the majors next year. If he stays healthy, that's, that's the trajectory he's on. So if, if push comes to shove and their internal options uh, that are already relievers in the organization, don't pan out and they don't reach out to grab somebody yeah, he'll be I, – again, I, I know a little bit about the young man. I know a little bit uh, about his personality, about his makeup. He's not going to shy down from that moment. I, I would imagine that, uh, much like with Palante and, and Ryan Helsley perform, because they're all kind of a similar type pitcher in a lot of ways, um, I, I think that the bulldog in him, the competitor in him, will only shine uh, with more exposure to that, that light shining down on him.
3: Kyle, I want to go back to Tink Hentz because this was a, a picture that a lot of people saw what was it, a couple of days ago where he had eight strikeouts in the game um in A ball. What... He's
2: already on Tanner's no trade list. Yeah, I mean Tanner's
3: got <laughs> Tanner's got a twenty man no trade list on this Cardinals roster right now in terms of prospects. But Kyle, what in your opinion, what's the trajectory look like for Tink Hentz?
1: They're being very careful with with Marquis. I have to call him Markeevian. I think he sound if I call him Marquee and he sounds like some uh, like Greek god, uh, <laughs> so, so I have to stick with Markevian, But no, uh Markevian and Tinkent—they're being very careful with him. He he dealt with some fatigue issues last year. He's kind of a spelt kid. He has a build a little bit more like Tristan McKenzie. So there isn't a whole lot of like meat on his bones. They're still trying to work with with that. But uh, you know, I like that they're being careful and cautious with him. He hasn't thrown more than three innings in a Palm Beach start. They they waited to put him uh, at Palm Beach uh, until the season was underway. And I would suspect that next year he probably starts the year at Peoria. And then at that point, if he stays healthy, if he continues to put on weight, um, I, w- I would suspect that he ends up being on the same type of trajectory that we've seen the Cardinals put their top prospects on for the last couple years, where by the time June comes around, if he's pitching well and showing that he's healthy, then he could be in Springfield by the end of June. Uh, even for being as young as he is and inexperienced as he is, the Cardinals are becoming more and more aggressive with their elite talent, and he is an elite talent.
2: Kyle Reese is our guest. You can find his work over on The Birds on the Black. You can also follow him on Twitter, at KyleR416. Uh, Kyle, I did want to ask you about Matthew Liberator because I, I would say the reviews have been mixed in his big league starts so far. Where are you at on Liberator's development, and what do you think – Cardinals fans should have as realistic expectations? Because sometimes when you the Randy Rosarena thing happens and he has the unbelievable month where he turns into Babe Ruth, it swings in a very different direction from maybe what's realistic. Where should expectations be at this point on Libertor? You
1: know, this is my favorite conversation to have. I love uh, (laughs) throwing a little little monkey in the wrench. So uh, entering this year, I had asked Cardinal fans on Twitter, how would you feel if Matthew Libertor ended up being – the healthy version of Steven Matz. And of course, and this is before I think the Cardinal even signed Matz. People freaked out about it. But I think sometimes we forget that Steven Matz was like a top 25 prospect in baseball. He kind of profiled similarly. He, he allowed more fly ball, or uh, Libertor allowed more fly balls than Matz did as prospects. But they were both young. They both advanced through their systems quickly, and they both made a Major League debut. And uh, Matz was dynamite in his Major League debut. But I only bring that up because what Matthew Libertor struggles with is his fastball. His fastball is his vulnerable pitch, and not just his fastball, but his two-seam. His two-seam grades out better than his four-seam, but he can usually get more life on the four-seam, and his, his, the rest of his repertoire, the curveball, the slider, the changeup, all play better uh, off of his four-seam. So he's in kind of a conundrum. What we saw last year at the end of the year with Matthew Libertor is we saw an increase in velocity. He was throwing, uh, topping out between 95 and 97, and then by the fifth or sixth inning, he'd be throwing 94, 95. Well, that's his high now. And that's really that's, that's really hurt him. Like, the more, with a lot of these pitchers, the more velocity they have, the better, the, the less margin for, or the, I guess, the bigger margin for error they have. So I have my concerns about the sustainability of Matthew Libertorp. If, if he isn't throwing his fastball uh, uh, fast, as generic sounding as that is, if he can continue to work at changeup and – Slider and curveball, and make those his like primary offerings. I think, I think that's where he is at his best. Um, I think he's going to be something similar to Dakota Hudson. Uh, what what's, the difference is, you know, uh, Cardinal fans are crazy about Dakota Hudson right now, which I completely understand. But what I mean by that more than anything is he's probably not going to end up being the type that's going to strike out a ton. He's probably going to get a lot of contact. His contact's probably going to be in the air, which makes it a little bit more dangerous but I don't think it's going to be a lot of hard contact because his off-speed pitches are going to keep people off balance as long as he's using them an appropriate amount. So, uh, you know, for, for me, I think he's going to be a very important part of what the Cardinals do down the road, even if he, you know, this season, as we lead into uh, the, the playoff race, uh, even if it's not as an every, every fifth day starter, I, I worry about his long-term outlook maybe a little bit more than most prospect people, but even like even as we talk about Dakota Hudson, with a lot of people freaking out, reasonably so about some of uh, Dakota Hudson's peripherals, I, I think that there's sustainable mid to back end of the rotation uh, uh, from from Matthew Libertor with with some really great moments mixed in, just like we've seen out of Dakota Hudson as well.
3: Kyle, final one for me, it is a day that ends in Y for Cardinals fans, so you have to ask about Jordan Walker and what he has yeah. been doing throughout this Cardinals system. I think BK and I are under the impression that next season he could be legitimately fighting for a major league roster spot. Is that where you're at?
1: Yeah, I, I, I like to do the Walker and Carlson comparison. Walker is younger than Carlson was uh, by a handful of months when they were both at Springfield, but it's technically both of their age 20 seasons when they were debuting in Springfield. And if you follow that pattern that the Cardinals set for Carlson in 2019, that would mean that uh, probably come August, Jordan Walker is getting some sniff of Memphis, maybe even September, um, some sniff of Memphis this year, which means just like with Dylan Carlson, he'd be putting himself in a position entering spring training of 2023 to uh, to make an impression with the big club. Might not break with the big club, but make an impression with the big club. And then, you know, that, that bat is going to eat. Uh, his hit tool is underrated on the national stage. I keep seeing... 40, but number 40 by his hit tool. I think that's way underrated. I think, you know, I, I think it's at least a 50 right now, uh, with, with maybe even just a little bit more in the tank. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think this time next year, we're definitely talking about Jordan Walker. Um, if he's not already a major leaguer, I, I, there'll definitely be fan angst about why he's not in the major leagues.
2: Final, we'll, we'll follow up with this really quick, Kyle, and we'll get you out of here on this one. What do you think is his future position? Because the, the Cardinals have a pretty good third baseman currently on the roster.
1: I think uh, you know a lot of people want to put him at first already, but I think I think Paul Goldschmidt's going to be a legacy Cardinal. I think he's going to have the same treatment that Yadier got and Wayne got, and he's the best first baseman I've ever watched play first. So I think that that puts him in a corner outfield, which of course is another issue. Uh, I think I think when it's all said and done, he probably ends up in right field in the long term. But I don't want the Cardinals. and I mean, it doesn't matter what I want or not. But uh, I I would be I would love to see the Cardinals give him a chance even though he's big and a monster to roam around center field. I just, you know, uh, baseball and every sport has gotten so much more athletic. Uh, the kids are bigger and they're stronger and they're faster and they're more agile. And I believe watching that young man play that he has all of the instincts, all of the athleticism, all of the ability. Cause another one of his underrated traits is his speed and his ability to run the bases and also run and to pick up the ball. So he has all of the IQ that I would love to see the Cardinals next year, uh, Tell him, or even this offseason, tell him to work out in center field. Just see what it looks like. Uh, I, I think that they would benefit greatly from giving that a try, as crazy as that might sound right now. I would. It's just something I would love to see them try. And then if it doesn't work out, he can always go back to a corner outfield spot. But, yeah, I, I think that that's probably – the most likely trajectory.
2: He's Kyle Reese. Find his work over at the Birds on the Black. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's at Kyle R Four One Six. Kyle, this is awesome, man. Always enjoy catching up with you. You've got uh, as good information as anybody can find outside of the organization. So keep doing the great work, and we'll talk with you again soon.
1: Again, thank you so much. It was an incredible honor, guys.
0: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health.